Good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. This morning, uh, my son Micaiah, I think, was supposed to have the Bible reading, and he was feeling a little sick this morning, so he didn't come with. So I guess uh, we'll skip that part. Well, praise the Lord for that uh, love divine, that uh, price that was paid on the cross on Calvary for each one of us. That's one thing that should never get old to each one of us, that price that was paid, that debt that we could not pay. Praise the Lord for that love that God showed to us as sinful men and women that we can be redeemed and have a uh, relationship with him like none other. So before we go into... uh, some of the few thoughts that I have this morning. Why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for that love divine. Thank you for the love that you showed to us. Thank you for the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross for our sins. Help us, Lord, to never allow that to grow dim in our eyes, in our minds, in our hearts but uh, that we would see ourselves as living sacrifices totally given to you. Pray that you would be with us this morning as we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ, wanting to know more of you and wanting to seek a deeper relationship with you. Help us to encourage each other uh, in this way of life, that we may be more more like you and less of ourselves. We could uh, encourage each other as the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's out to discourage. Pray, Lord, that you be with us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I would like to draw a few points, a few thoughts, a few ideas, or a few uh, thoughts from Joshua. So I'd like to turn to the first chapter in Joshua and read chapter 1, I mean verse 1, in chapter 1 through verse 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou may, mayest observe and to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate there, therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. This morning, I'd like to talk about courage. I think in this time of ours, in this day of ours, that has been somewhat uh, under attack. 2020 has been kind of a... uh, a tough year, and there's a lot of discouragement out there, and I think that is one of the enemy's tactics to get his people away from focusing on God. Fear is a crippling emotion. It causes anxiety. It divides our minds. It drains our energy. When somebody is scared, it literally drains their energy. Unnecessary apprehension can hinder us from accomplishing God's will for our lives. The Lord never intended his followers to dread the future. God never intended us to dread the future. How many people are dreading the future? What lays ahead? Uncertainty. They're scared of what might come tomorrow. That's not what God wants for us. He wants us to have a vision and he promised that, our, that people will not perish if we have a vision. Although we may feel scared at times or may be afraid at times, fear should not control us. If you think of um, just kind of drawing a simple, a simple example, if you would be standing on a solid rock in the midst of a tumultuous storm, you could have the feeling of fear, a little bit like Peter When he walked out into that, when Jesus told him to come and step out of the boat, he didn't start sinking until he got scared. You could say he got his eyes off the foundation, got his eyes off Christ, and he started sinking. Although we may have feelings of be afraid at times, we should never let fear control us. God said to Joshua, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? It's not just an option. It's a commandment. It's something that we have to make a decision to do is be of good courage. Because the alternative is unacceptable in our Christian life. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. The promise of God that the promise that God gave Joshua, if God promised that He's going to be with us wherever, wherever we go, whatever we go through, He cannot be wrong. There is no need to fear when we lean on the powerful presence of God. Why do you think Joshua needed courage? Put yourself in his shoes a little bit. As second in command, Joshua 
had seen how these people of Israel, the children of Israel, had rebelled, how they complained, how they had seen God pour, uh, get work miracles into lives, feed them, uh, had manna fall from heaven, and all of a sudden he was supposed to lead this group of people. There was times they were ready to kill Moses because of this or that. You know, he he went here. Moses went up into the Mount Sinai and was gone for a couple of days, and within or a little while, and within. Who knows? And within not that short of time, they were worshiping idols. What for courage did Joshua need to lead this group of people? They wanted to stone their leader when they disagreed with him. After Moses passed away, Joshua was in charge. Not only that, he knew that there would be battles to fight against um, against skilled warriors. Joshua needed courage. God reassured him, though, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. When God promises he will not fail us, brothers and sisters, there is nothing that can take us or shake us when we stand on the promise that God will not fail us. We can face Goliath. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. The Lord promised Joshua that he would find success. But there was a few things Joshua needed to do too. And I believe that these are some of the points that we need in our, in our battles that we face, in our um, times of fear, in our trials in our Christian life. The Christian life is not necessarily an easy road, or it isn't. It just matters where we look and where we draw our strength from. Courage is more than just the tough determination to succeed. It's more than just, I'm going to do this myself. I'm, the next time this trial comes, I'm going to do it. It's more than that. <clears throat> it defines a quality of mind or spirit that enables us to meet danger opposition or the challenges of life it enables us to face challenges with fear uh, with fearlessness calmness and firmness like I said before, someone who has courage may still feel afraid sometimes. But through the power of God, we can act with confidence because God promised he will not fail us. God tells Joshua three times in this passage, be strong and courageous. And I believe he wants us to be that way too. We've got to be strong and we've got to be courageous. We've got to have courage. Or we won't win the battles of our, that come our way. <clears throat> what can we do... 
to develop courage. Here in the passage that I read, in verse 8, this is what God told Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and, that, and then thou shalt have good success. If we meditate on the word of God, that is more than just, put it this, let me say it this way. I believe it creates more courage and does our spiritual life more value to read one or two verses and meditate on that throughout the day than it does a whole chapter in three minutes and run. The meditating on it, on the spirit of, on the, on our, in our personal devotions or on the word of God will build courage in our hearts because the word of God is alive like no other book. And if we meditate on it, it will build us up and encourage us and create courage in our hearts. A challenge for this week. Why don't, why don't we choose a short portion of scripture and meditate on it all day long? Just think about it. Ask God what it means and how I can apply it to my heart, my life. Focus on it. And it's amazing what can begin to happen, how our fears and discouragement can begin to melt away. Because God has a chance to speak and to rivet that in our hearts. And that alone is a stepping stone to facing the giants that come our way. It sharpens our perception if we meditate on the word of God. We begin to be able to discern. You know, sometimes it's, what do I do in this situation? What do I do? And I believe if we meditate on the word of God, we will have sharper discernment. <clears throat> the Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible also gives us, no, uh, excuse me, I already... Let me jump to the next verse I was going to talk about here is it purifies our hearts. Scripture penetrates and it reveals the deep things of our heart when we meditate on the word of God. It shows us who we are and how much we need the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Another thing that can develop courage is recall God's faithfulness in previous experiences. Remember when God was faithful, when you prayed and God answered, when you felt a closeness to God. When you cried out to him and he was there, that builds courage too. Another thing is observe others 
in their achievements and when God saw others through and the miracle God worked in others through their testimony or through their example. Another thing we could ask or we could uh, we can think upon to build courage is the alternative when we don't. Think of Peter when he looked away from Jesus and he began to sink. What happens when I begin to get discouraged? What are the consequences when we sow that? What happens when I what happened when I didn't trust in God? Psalms thirty four, seventeen through nineteen says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. Isaiah forty one ten says, Fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my right my righteous right hand. Discouragement leads to fear and demoralized people. Fear is a stronghold of Satan, and it hinders prayers from being answered. Discouragement. When we begin to be discouraged, because I believe it's another word for discouragement is distrusting God. God holds the future. He wants us to trust him, and when we begin to get discouraged, we looked inward, we looked to ourselves, and we begin to fail. How is my courage doing? When we, beget, when we uh, become discouraged, we lose momentum. We need momentum in our life. We need that unction. When you think of a truck going down a hill and ready to climb another hill, it works a whole lot better when you get some momentum than when you start slow from the bottom. And we are going to face hills in our life. And if we are discouraged, it's like starting a load of bricks at the bottom of the hill. But if we are encouraged and we find our courage in, in the Lord, those hills will be a lot easier to climb. When you are discouraged, you tend to look down. and just in, in your life, you tend to look down and inward. And as you face these hills, the ground just gets closer and closer. But if you're looking up with courage, it looks accomplishable. The effects of discouragement are actually very damaging to life. There's an old story that I'd like to read to you, and you might have heard this before. One day, the devil was holding an auction. He was selling his tools from his toolbox. One of them was named pride, laziness, arrogance, hate, envy, jealousy, and they all had a high, high price. There was one tool, however, that was marked not for sale. It was worn down, and it looked very rough. Someone asked, why isn't this tool for sale? He said, it's worth way too much. It gets used every day. The devil smiled and whispered, that tool is discouragement. It's priceless. I'm not parting with it. It is my most used tool. When I use it, I pry open a heart and I get inside to do anything I want. Discouragement is an entry point 
for the devil into our life when we begin to get discouraged and let it overtake us. Discouragement leads to defeat a lot of times. And as a Christian, that is exactly where Satan wants us. He wants us to forget what God has done for us. He wants, to forget, he wants us to forget the price that was paid on, on the cross. He wants us to forget that the battle has already been won. He wants us to forget that we have the power in Jesus' name. He wants us to forget that. We have the power over sin and over death. He wants us to forget that. Because what else can Satan do other than make us forget that? Once he makes us forget that, And get us discouraged. He's got that too in the door. Because if we don't and we have courage, we are the biggest threat to him because he has no power over us. If we just take courage and don't get discouraged. Don't give in to discouragement. Recall his promises to be with us. The Lord told Joshua he would never forsake him. And he tells us that too. He will never forsake us nor leave us. That is a promise by the word of God. In response, when we are encouraged, we have peace that passes all understanding that the world can't give. We have joy unspeakable. Though we may be going through the tough times of life, we have joy unspeakable that we can't even really explain because we are encouraged. We remember the Father's love is always available, the gift of salvation, because Christ laid down his life for us. Sometimes we might feel all alone, and I'm sure many of us have had those feelings. Feel all alone in this time of life. Feel all alone in this um, battle that I'm facing. But God's love, God's promises are still true in those times. There is nothing more fulfilling, nothing more more meaningful than to experience his divine affection towards us. You know how good it feels when you're going through a tough time and there's a friend that comes up beside you, puts his or her arm around you and, and, and wants to hear. And you can feel their, their affection as they want to help pray or counsel you. God's undivined affection is always for us when we go to him. In closing, I'd like to read a verse in Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. This should encourage us as we think of the stand that we have and what position we can have with God. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 says, Let your conversations be without covetous, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That is a promise that each one of us can take home, that the Lord God of heaven is our helper. We won't fear what man can do and say unto us. 
So this week, let's take courage. God is on our side. The devil is not. He is out there trying to get us discouraged. And as we look at this, I believe that is one of his most effective tactics in the Christian is discouragement. Once he can get us discouraged, it gets our focus off of our position in Christ, and he can bring in all those other tools, pride, um, whatever, I, whatever I was reading, all those other tools he can bring in, arrogance and self-will, if he gets us discouraged and not believing what God has done for us and being encouraged. I think you even feel better when you're encouraged. I think you can sleep better. I think you can uh, face the world better when you just are encouraged because God has done so much for us. The world is in turmoil. We've got COVID running everywhere. But let's not get these, let these things discourage us as we walk through life. And let's meditate on the Word of God. That's one of the best ways... I believe, to be encouraged in our down times because God, by his still small voice and that aliveness in the word of God, will do wonders as we're meditating on the word of God. So hopefully that's encouraging. Let's be encouraged as brothers and sisters and encourage each other. You know, we all face battles. We do struggle with discouragement. Every one of us. The devil is not, he, he doesn't care who he battles with discouragement. Let's encourage each other because together we can win the fight. Praise the Lord.